Hello, and welcome to The Scott Mize Show, a podcast focused on health, diet, bodybuilding, and philosophy. I interview experts, doctors, coaches, and N equals one case studies to answer your questions about improving health, achieving your best physique, and making sustainable progress. We'll cover topics from carnivore and ketogenic diets, to bodybuilding, to life philosophy, and everything in between. Enjoy the show. Are you looking to lose fat, gain muscle, or improve your health, or all of the above? Interested in working with me one-on-one? Stop spinning your wheels, because I offer personalized coaching where I can help you reach your goals, whether it be fat loss, muscle building, improving your health, or all of the above. I provide tailored nutrition, training, and supplementation advice, one or all of them together, with 24-7 ongoing support to help guide you every step of the way. You can email me at scott.mize at gmail.com, click the link in the description of this episode to schedule your free consult call to go over your goals, answer questions with no obligation. Let's take your physique or health journey to the next level. This episode is brought to you by Element E Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Carnivore Cast listeners. You can now receive this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. And get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. Olivia Quadra is a consumer strategist and marketing expert for large brands for the last 20 plus years. She's a board trustee for the Public Health Collaboration in the UK and is passionate about empowering the younger generation to make informed decisions about their own health with her Instagram page at real underscore food underscore kids and Facebook page, Real Food Carnivore Kids. She's a passionate advocate of low carb keto and carnivore diets. Welcome to the show, Olivia. Hi, Scott. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Um, so I'd love to just start with your story. Um, the long version is great. How did you become interested in low-carb diets um, and what was your health journey to get there? Yeah, I, I often say I was not, not at all from the nutritional space. So it's quite unusual and a bit of a surprise that I'm kind of doing this kind of thing these days. Um, but yeah, my background is all in in businesses and I was in the business world for a good 22 or so years and very much was kind of thriving and enjoying it for the most part. Um, it did get to a point, obviously, it's always kind of a high pressure kind of environment to be in, um, which generally was okay, but it did get to a point where I felt quite a lot of burnout. And it was somewhat related to my parents both being ill and passing away over kind of a long period of time. And um, and me deciding to have some some time out from from all of the pressure and to just think about life a little bit so I decided to take some kind of voluntary redundancies we call it here and 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 get some perspective on life and so I did that and one of the things I had on my things to do if I'm ever not working was to was to look into nutrition because my parents passed away from um, illnesses that I thought I I couldn't really avoid getting but I thought if I did some research maybe maybe I'd find something which could reduce the risk or the severity of it somehow. Um, and my dad had had, um, had had Alzheimer's. My mom had had various issues, including type two diabetes. And I just assumed I was, you know, I was done for, I was going to, 
I was going to get them and that was nothing I can pretty much do about it. But yeah, you know, maybe diet could have some impact. And so I started researching it. And as soon as I did, it didn't actually take me very long to figure out that actually <laughs> there's quite a lot you can do, not just to de-risk the chances of getting these diseases, but to potentially like eradicate the risk pretty much. Um, and that was a real, was a really mind-blowing revelation to find out having you know, nurse my parents, myself, along with my siblings for a good decade and watch them deteriorate from, you know, very capable people. My dad was a pilot um, and and really, you know, was very kind of alert and active going from that to um, really a shell of a person that he was once he had full blown Alzheimer's. So it was, yeah, a, ver a very big revelation and a very shocking to find out that there are ways to, you know, if not completely change that direction but certainly slow it down which we were never aware of and we were never told about and we certainly gave them all of the Alzheimer's drugs that were available and that we were prescribed um, and just thought that that was his best chance but actually there was so much in diet that we could have done for both my parents especially type 2 diabetes which is you know obviously so reversible these days um, and so it really frustrated me that that can be the case and so many people unaware of it and I didn't consider myself you know someone who was you know lacking in awareness and anything I thought I'd, I had pretty good general knowledge about different topics and current affairs and politics and kept up to kept up to date with all of the, the the recent trends but for this to be something so so important so fundamental to our kind of quality and quantity of life and be you know, they're in plain sight, but just not really obvious enough or clear enough for people to really understand it and do anything with it. It felt like a real lack of, you know, an environment where there's just so much misinformation that it just needs someone to help bring that message to the fore and to say, it, explain it properly and to present it properly. And my background being in in business in particular, I was always kind of involved in kind of the marketing side of the business. It felt like I could do something in this space to just try and raise this message a little bit and maybe help um, help with that that big challenge. And um, and around the same time, I was thinking all these thoughts. There was a um, an advertisement from the charity that I'm now involved in and who are uh, very much uh, who exist mainly to educate people about metabolic health and to change people's health. And they were looking for people who had kind of a commercial marketing background. So it felt like, you know, some kind of serendipitous um, um, uh, situation. And I just went for it and 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 was able to secure that position. So, um, yeah, so that's that's kind of my journey onto into this space, into this world of nutrition, which I, you know, love learning more and more about every day, even though I'm not from a science background. Um and also at the same time, I went on my own personal journey. So I was, um, I was, you know, running along one day, listening, doing all this research. And uh, I had this moment when Dr. Eric Berg, who's one of the main people you kind of stumble across at the beginning of a bit of keto research or diet research, um, said something like, uh, good luck burning fat if you have sugar in your blood. And th at that moment, I was like doing a sprint finish from a, on a seven mile run. And I literally had to stop sprinting because it suddenly hit me that I'd not understood something very fundamental. I mean, I'd heard of the keto diet. I kind of knew what it was about, but I hadn't quite understood that that meant that it wasn't still about calories. And um, I still 
you know, used to, and I had to stop and think, well, I've just had a, a massive smoothie before my run full of oats and bananas. And I always thought that was the right thing to do to get me started for the day. And is that why I never lose weight and I run every single day for seven miles? Um, and, and so I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense and carried on researching. But within, within a week I was fully keto. And then I was on keto for about um a couple of years or so and and then um continued to research um started to understand a lot more about the carnivore diet and and so then progressed onto that about 16 months ago now um and had just been thriving every step of the way so it's been it's been such a life-changing journey in so many ways both from a career point of view personal point of view an emotional point of view um but it's uh it's all positive and just gives me lots of hope for or other people as well that I see that that need to go on a similar journey or could benefit from it. So yeah, that's kind of how I got to this point <laughs> talking to you. Yeah, really, really interesting. And I can relate to a lot of what you're saying because, um, you know, this isn't a career for me. I've spent my whole life in the business world and uh, nutrition is definitely not something that's talked about um, and not something that's prioritized um, at all. Um, no. Can you talk about like how how um how you saw the perception of nutrition even among like your colleagues but in in the corporate environment in general um and do you think that's changing at all yeah it's interesting to think back to it but the corporate environment i mean there's just no understanding of nutrition and you know if anything you know companies are like so the company i worked for used to supply free fruit and vegetables or free fruit anyway into the office every day so I guess there's always that that um that kind of subtle reminder that that's what you should be eating um but then you have you know colleagues that bring in cupcakes and you have you know a canteen which is just stacked with all the wrong stuff but some of it which looks like the right stuff like protein bars and all of these energy bars and um but then you'll have all of the all of the nonsense to go with it and croissants and that kind of thing so when you're in a high pressure role you're I just don't think you have the mental capacity to think about it you're just on the go all the time and it's really about how do you fuel yourself to get through the day and through through the next you know set of meetings um and coffee is another big big one that everyone uses to prop themselves up from late nights and early starts and all of that kind of thing I mean there's just no no consideration for it at all and even now these days when I'm on LinkedIn I can see a lot of my colleagues have moved on onto other roles and I see some of them work you know in really big big roles in like one of them's the head of Subway one of which is the you know the kind of the big sandwich um business uh another one's in McDonald's another one's in all these industries that I think I don't know if they even know um you know what that is doing in big societies kind of from that perspective I don't think they do because they're very proud of what they're doing but you know when I have taken a step away from it all and look back at it I'm you know luckily I wasn't in an industry that was directly involved in nutrition but um you know just looking at those same colleagues ex-colleagues of mine doing all of those roles and sometimes advertising for roles um and me thinking gosh I could never do that I could never work in that I can never support anything to do with big food and big pharma anymore and processed food and and nobody knows about it and everyone's very very open about you know, these great opportunities that are coming up. And I just think, gosh, we're so, we've got so far to go. These are the, some, you know, the most intelligent people probably that I've met in my lifetime and and they're still not even aware of all of this. So 
yeah, we have a long way to go to change people's, the everyday culture, I think, of the perception of food. Absolutely. Yeah. When, when I was in it, it, it felt like, just like you said, food was fuel, something to get you through the day. And also just like people were looking for dopamine hits. Like, you know, they were so entrenched and so stressed and so busy with their work. It was like, Ooh, let me have a cupcake. Let me have a piece of candy. Let me have a cookie. Like just basically trying to find something to distract themselves or reward themselves and like stuck in this loop of um viewing food as like the only source of enjoyment while you're working um it's quite sad actually it is that's depressing isn't it (laughs) yeah Um, i mean journey totally changes your your relationship with food i mean you just see it as nutrition and anything else to me now seems like it's it's that's an unhealthy relationship to have um but you but the culture culture out there is not not there yet that's not not happening food food is about reward it's about enjoyment um so yeah it's yeah we've got a long way to go absolutely and um i'm very familiar with the public with the pch uk uh phc uk excuse me um and sam feltham um but for listeners who may not be familiar can you talk about what it is what the mission is and, and your work there yeah, absolutely. So the Public Health Collaboration UK is a charity, a nonprofit organization um, that was started around 2016 by Sam Feltham and is a an organization that is just purely here to help people understand the importance and the significance of metabolic health and to move towards eating real food. And there's not that many charities that are in this space. Um, there's many Kind of nutrition charities but they tend to all be aligned to um, some of the more mainstream ways of of um, of looking at nutrition so the way we look at nutrition is very much about real food and for people who have um, metabolic illnesses to consider low carbohydrate diets particularly for type 2 diabetes and and many other metabolic illnesses and we have a um, it's a very small charity at this point. We're growing though, and we've got lots of ambitions. But Sam is our is our uh, CEO, and we have a board of trustees, and we all joined uh, over a year ago now. And um, well, certainly at least ten of us uh, out of the total board, and and everyone's come from a very different perspective and very different backgrounds. So a real mixed um, mixed expertise, which is really a strength for how we move forward. And we've been using the last year to really strategize what what we need to be doing and how we want to you know play in this space, how we want to affect change. And we very much of all in agreement that this is about educating people about metabolic health. Um, you may be aware of David Unwin, who's our um, chair of our scientific advisory committee committee, um, on which there's many other other scientific. Um, uh, PHC members, doctors, uh, and uh, and they're all very much uh, from our NHS system um, in the UK, which is our our public healthcare system, and they all um, are very much in agreement about this being the way that we need to to look at health, preventative lifestyle, um, health, and so um, everyone's very passionate, very much in agreement what we need to do. Um, what we have at the moment is some particular services that we're starting to offer. So we have developed a program called the lifestyle club and this is a um an online course uh, that we offer to 
the NHS, two doctors in the NHS and two GP practices to refer patients who are pre-diabetic or diabetic onto this course. We run the course and then um, we're seeing some great results from, from people who've you know kind of come on it and understood about real food and nutrition and low carb, very much using the same approach that Dr. Unwin himself has started using in his practice and has seen about 130 patients reverse their type 2 diabetes so far in his own just one practice. So this is a, a service that we're rolling out. And then um, that's one of the kind of the major projects that we're also trying to make sure gets more, um, more funding and more, um, more take up across the whole of the NHS. Because NHS is, is the whole of the UK and we've, we're still piloting this in a few specific geographic locations. Um, but we are we're trying to fundraise at the moment for a study to verify the results of what we're finding so far in the pilot and if that can be done then we're it would be able to potentially roll it out across other more places across the UK um, so anyone who would like to help with that we've got a GoFundMe on that so I'm happy to kind of give you the details so you can link it through um, but we need to yeah we need to have kind of verified results to show that low carb is much more superior than a low calorie approach, which is being taken everywhere else across um, across the UK and um, in in the NHS. Uh, so to, to treat type two diabetes, so that's one major area that we we're we're delivering a service effectively. Um, we also have um, a number of ambassadors across the UK, so over two hundred. Uh, basically, volunteers, people who are very passionate about this and who really want to help with the cause. And they all um, are very much linked to the PHC and they run sessions locally, education ses sessions, and they link in with the local GPs and try and get them to um, allow them to run sessions in their local practice or do they just do it off their own back locally? And they're helping a lot of people as well. So it's great to have this kind of grassroots network of people that are out there, you know, kind of following the PHC guidance and actually bringing people on board um, literally on the ground. Um, and and yeah, and then we have a um, project that we're working on around children and how we can stop children from having um, so much exposure, so much um, processed food in their diet. And that's something we're very, very passionate about. And I particularly am very passionate about changing because we have to kind of stop this before the next generation gets totally addicted to sugar um, and try and, and help kids, uh, you know, reverse their own obesity. Um, so that's a that's another project that we're we're running at the moment um and and yeah we have a, an annual conference every year so that's something which just happened in may um we've got a great youtube channel where all the talks go up onto so if anyone wants to follow us there they'll see some great talks from tim Dokes and jason fung and others that have come along in previous years this year we had a really great um really great conference in sheffield and we haven't released any of the talks yet so if you follow us then you'll know when we're when we're leaving when we're um <clears throat> releasing those. Um, one of them in particular was a discussion between uh, between two plant-based um, advocates and uh, two meat advocates and an open discussion and debate about um, which is the preferred diet for across, you know, uh, different criteria. Um, and that was the really popular uh, segment of the of the conference that everyone, so they got a lot out of. So that will be one of the things that we release as well. So um, and there were great debates about environment and about cancer and about type 2 diabetes and mental health. And um, and that really is our main event of the year. So we're currently starting to plan 2024s, um, which is exciting. And we'll hopefully release some information soon. But um, 
in the meantime, it would be good for people to kind of look out for the talks from this year's. So yeah, lots going on with the uh, with the public health collaboration. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, you're doing fantastic work, and um, I think the the research side is so so critical um, to advancing this this way of eating in in the common um, narrative and, and widespread both media and and medical community. Um, I'm curious, are, do you collaborate at all with either the Nutrition Coalition in the U.S., which is a very similar organization, uh, Nina Teicholz, or um, Verda Health, because I know they're publishing a lot of a lot of research around uh, low carb for type two diabetes. Uh, we don't have a like a, a formal um, relationship with Nutrition Coalition, but we're very close to Nina and the work that she's doing. Um, we present at each other's kind of conferences and events, that type of thing. Um, and she's always keeping us up to date with what's going on. She's come to our conference, I think, uh, last year. <laughs> yeah, last year. Um, Verta Health, we've we've talked to, but not we don't have anything kind of formal going at them. Um, and we're, you know, we're also talking to other organizations really similar to ours, like the SMHP and Low Carb uh, USA uh, organization in the U.S., low carb down under in Australia. So we have, there's, there's a lot more opportunity if we to kind of join forces with the, the same um, entities in all these countries that are doing the same thing uh, yeah. because it's not really confined to any uh, any um, any particular country. This is something which is across the whole world and across certainly English speaking world at the moment in terms of the information that people you know, gravitate towards, you know, in the UK, you will easily pick up probably most of the US influencers if you're trying to work your way through low carb content um, and and vice versa. So we have, I think, more people following us from the US than from the UK at the moment, PHC. Um, so it's, I mean, there is no, there is no um, geographical kind of boundary to any of this. So yeah, the more we can collaborate with others, the more it makes sense to do that and to try and elevate each other's messages and share each other's content. Um, and so that's very much in, you know on the books for us to be doing more of moving forwards. Yeah, the the problems and issues, um, as well as the solutions, are fairly ubiquitous. I think across <laughs> the world, yeah. especially the Western world. Um, yeah. And so simple, like when you realize what the answer is to so many things, you think it's not like there's 20 answers. There's really just one answer, um, just to change your diet in a very simple way. Not saying it's easy, yeah. but yeah. It's, not, it's not complicated. Yeah, it, it, it's very easy on the individual level. It's very hard to get into the very complex narrative um, and, and get mind share around it. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm very sorry to hear about your parents, by the way. Um, that's that's oh, very, okay. very tough. Um, can you talk about like how low carb has helped you and um, maybe your evolution with it um, in terms of keto, carnivore, and, and how that's changed for you over time? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I definitely started with low carb. And I mean, even before that, I was always quite passionate about real food. So uh very very rarely a very long time ago before we had anything that was processed like as a meal um I mean we'd have snacks but that again would try and be healthy um but yeah still had you know was still very kind of overweight and um and when I had this kind of moment with Dr Berg a seminal moment um and moved to low carb it was uh very quickly uh that I lost about 
30 kilos or something as much as that um and and yeah and so it was a lot of a big you know long journey of really understanding um you know what is the relevance of of seed oils in the mix and what's the relevance of um you know different different versions of the diet and bringing the carbs further down and further down and further down um and 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 learning my own hunger, hunger signals and moving towards you know much more kind of a clean keto way of eating um but once i understood it i was just kind of constantly constantly just improving it as much as possible um and and yeah i think i started off with probably a few of the keto snacks and things to kind of get me through the day just when you're first coming off but very quickly realized those are just pointless and you don't need them once you've weaned yourself off the sugar addiction and so i'm glad that i dropped all of those and very uh, quickly became a, a clean keto eater um and yeah and with carnivore it was a funny a funny um transition because i didn't I kept researching it and it was intriguing to me. I remember stumbling upon um, Paul Saladino, I think, to start with. Uh, and the stuff he was saying was like beyond what I could understand in terms of like, what do you, what is so bad about linoleic acid? And what is, what are you talking about plants on good food? It doesn't make any sense at all. And I tried like at least three or four times to listen to him and try and understand what he was talking about, but it just seemed too off the wall. <laughs> And so I, I kind of didn't do anything with it for quite a while. And then um, it wasn't until I had, um, I heard it presented in a different light, which is that uh, it's our, it's the right diet for us. It's the right uh, species appropriate diet that we should be reducing our vegetables and, and being more meat heavy. And that changed my perspective on it because up until then, I didn't think there was any need for me to try carnivore because I had lost all this weight and I felt great and it felt like I was at the pinnacle of of, of optimal health. Um, I just hadn't realized there was another level to go. And so when it was described to me as a diet that is appropriate for human beings, then I thought, well, maybe then I should try it because I, you know, even though I don't have all the issues I hear other people solving, um, maybe there's still something in it. So I thought I'll try it for a month. Um, and and I did that. And then within a couple of weeks, I knew that there was something significantly superior, even with having been on clean keto for a couple of years. And I just woke up one day and felt like, oh, my goodness, I feel it was the mental health that really hit me because I didn't have a mental health issue as far as I was aware. Um, but I suddenly woke up one day and I just felt this like this euphoria towards everything. And I was just looking around going, I'm just so happy. I feel so positive. You know, I want to help the world. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I just didn't feel like there was a cloud hanging over me, which I hadn't really even felt like before. But then when it was lifted, I kind of realized there was something there because now I felt so different. Um, so that was kind of that was kind of very surprising. And um, and then I remember my athletic performance changed. I work out every day and I normally do some kind of hard cardio to start with and I used to cycle up a mountain on a virtual bike um on a bike which has got a virtual kind of setting up a mountain and I suddenly just I think within maybe two weeks of being on carnivore um I halved my time doing the same mountain that I'd been doing for years like well, at least a couple of years and suddenly I looked I thought there was something wrong with the bike I thought there's something gone wrong here and then I realized I was I was just full of energy and I just couldn't contain it and I just felt so different like in every single way physiologically 
Um, I noticed that when I was stretching or I didn't stretch for a few days and I noticed that that didn't have any impact. I'd normally have tight muscles, but my muscles didn't have any soreness anymore. Um, and then in my body, I just felt very different. Um, my hair, um, I started to lose some, but then it grew back really much thicker. Um, my nails were stronger. I had a weird thing on my toe, a toenail fungus that had been there for about 15 years or something. So I used to run a lot. And that one day, and I tried every product to get rid of this stupid fungus. Um, and I'd spent a fortune on it. And then like with all these different treatments. And then one day I woke up and I remember just looking at my toes and going, what? they've just gone. Like these, the fungus that I had there just disappeared. Um, so that was mind blowing as well. And, um, and yeah, so many little things like that. And, you know, skin tags, they disappeared. Uh, my eyes got whiter, my teeth got whiter. And you just think, well, there's something clearly to this because it wasn't like I've come, even coming from the best diet possible that you could have before being on carnivore, I've still noticed such significant uplifts in, in everything um, mentally and physically. So that, you know, the, the whole kind of hypothesis of this being a species appropriate diet for me just felt like 100% correct because I haven't felt like this before. And and I've heard the story countless, countless times ever since across the carnival community. And I'm very involved in a couple of particular communities and everyone's saying it all the time. And you just think, is everyone just lying? You know, I don't think so. I think there's something very powerful about this. And the more people hearing about it, the more it's just going to precipitate and and become more known. And it, even in the year that I've been doing it, I've really noticed like an influx of people who've had all of these like such horrendous conditions that they've been living with their whole life and that they've had to reconcile in their heads that they're never going to have cured that suddenly just disappeared. Like it sounds too good. To, if anything that is, you know, a disadvantage, it almost sounds too good to be true. Um, because people just think, look at you and go, well, you're some weird conspiracy whack, uh, wacko that's come along with this, you like cure to everything. It doesn't make any sense. Um, which I totally understand, but unfortunately we're unfortunately we are we are in this position where we've got this amazing solution that has helped so many people and I think over time it will spread and and it's so powerful that people will have to take notice of it um and we're seeing a lot more people attack it as well which I think is a good sign because that means people are hearing about it and feeling like they have to respond if they're in a different camp of some sort in, in the diet space so I think it's just going to continue to grow and I you know I've loved being part of kind of helping grow that community and and talking to people every day with these amazing stories it's so rewarding to hear it yeah it, it definitely seems like it's becoming more and more mainstream and like you said I, I think that's a great point seeing like different mainstream media sources responding to and talking about the carnivore diet even if it's all negative it it, <laughs> it shows like how how ubiquitous it's becoming and how yeah. um how much it, it's becoming known and like people are asking about it as long as people are asking about it and like seeking out answers i think inevitably they're going to find um hopefully good sources of information um like the public health collaboration and others um where this has been great olivia thank you so much for your time it's great to learn more about you your story your work with the phc uk um where can folks find out more about you follow along and I'll also get that uh, GoFundMe link as well um, for, for the study that, that's going on. But yeah, where, where else would you like to direct people? 
so um phc uh is on all the social media platforms so you can follow us on on twitter on instagram and on facebook and on twitter and instagram we are phc uk org all in one go uh and our website has lots of resources on it you've got infographics that are from david unwin on teaspoons of sugar they're great for kids um to to kind of do little to do little games with and something that we're um We've, we've seen a lot of people respond to with how their kids have reacted to those. So lots of resources on our on our website as well, phcuk.org. And then our YouTube channel has loads of talks on it. So um, and that's a public health collaboration. Uh, so that's PHC. I'll send you the link for the GoFundMe uh, so it's easy for people. And then um, I'm on Instagram and Twitter as Olivia Kwaja. And um, my my son actually has a little channel going on instagram as well and he's making little recipes up and and showing people what he's doing so he's uh he's under real food kids uh on instagram amazing, <laughs> amazing. yeah i'll have links to all that in the show notes thanks so much for your time olivia really pleasure learning more about you and and uh i think the listeners will really love this too that's, that's great thanks for having me on scott Thank you for listening to the show. You can find The Scott My Show on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Please leave a comment, like, review, or share the podcast with your friends or followers. It helps more people find the show.